Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your girl, Coco, and I just want to say, before we get into this episode, thank you all for tuning in every week, um, encouraging me to continue doing this show. It has been an adjustment. I'm not going to say it's been hard, but it's definitely been an adjustment. I've learned a lot, not only about myself, but you know, just about people in general. And the reason I am doing this precursor is just kind of to let you guys know this is going to be the last episode that I do for a for a while because I am getting ready to move from the UK back to the States. And if you guys didn't know, I am active duty military. And so I am finally leaving from overseas and coming back to the States. I've been gone and I count Hawaii as being outside of the States because it is a different entity from the States, even though it is in America. Um, But I've been away for about seven years now and I kind of just want to, you know, get back to the States, start making some other networks outside of the military, you know, put focus on other areas of my life outside of my everyday job. And so with that, like I said, this is going to be the last episode for just a bit, not too long, but enough for me to get back to the States, see my family, get settled in. And once I get settled in, it's going to be back to business as usual. And in the meantime, between now and then, I am going to be posting some lives just to kind of give you some updates on what I have going on within the next month and, you know, getting back to America, which I am super excited. So with this episode, you guys are going to get a two for one. So... One of my best friends, Lala, which is a return guest, will be on this episode along with a OBGYN to talk about women's reproductive health. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I was really excited to do it. Got a whole bunch of my questions answered and I hope this is going to give you guys some insight or some information for your personal selves. So I will be talking to you guys. What's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It is about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, guests, and family come on the show, and we basically kiki about whatever the topic of of the day is. And so today, I actually have like a two-for-one episode because unfortunately, This is my last episode that I'm going to post for a couple weeks just because I'm currently in a process of moving. So I will be moving from the UK to Georgia. So I'm coming back to the States and I couldn't be more excited to be back where I am, you know, in my familiar surroundings. So The first part of the episode, which is going to be the drink with Coco and the word on the street is going to be me and my homegirl, Lala. 
Shout out to Tierra. She wasn't able to make it today because uh, she is sick. So feel better, girl. And then the second part, which is the hot cup of cocoa, is going to be Dr. Carrie Ann Perkins, who will basically talk to us about women's reproductive health, which is an episode I've really been anticipating doing. So I'm excited that I'm able to do it now. So Lala, you want to go ahead and just say what's up? Hey guys, I am so excited to be back. I was one of the first guests on her show. Um, I'm so excited for her growth. Y'all see how long it took me to get another feature because your girl is booked and busy, but um, I'm so excited. I mean, gosh, what is this? Fifth, episode 59? Episode 51. 51. 51, like <laughs> to do that many episodes consistently while being active duty in the military and being my part-time unofficial assistant. Um, <laughs> I am so proud of you, and I'm trying not to cry. Like, you're going to be no leaving cracker. me soon. I know, my man is this, so I'm not, but you're going to be leaving me soon, but I'm ready. I'm prepared. Yeah, she ain't, she not, you know, I don't think she is waiting on this or anticipating it, but you know, I'm anticipating that we end up in the same place again. <laughs> How many of so we've been what two for two for yeah, two, two assignments more. together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I'm definitely excited that I got an opportunity to be stationed with you again. It's always fun when we get together. You always there when I need you and vice versa. So we're going to go ahead and get into this Drink With Cocoa this week. And so the Drink With Cocoa is actually one of our favorite drinks at our favorite restaurant here in the UK. And the drink is called Purple Rain. And so Purple Rain is pretty much, it's just a gin and tonic. But what makes it purple is that you use butterfly, butterfly pea flowers which is actually tea, but once you put in the tonic water, it turns the drink purple. So the ingredients that I used is Roku gin, which is a Japanese gin, and the Oriental Yuzu tonic water. Um, I actually ordered the tonic water off of Amazon because they didn't have it in any of the stores here. So Amazon has it, and then the butterfly pea flowers I got from Amazon as well. So uh, Latrice, why is it that you like this drink so much? <laughs> uh, I think it's the um, the flavors. So it's not a, if you looked at it on a normal menu, you probably wouldn't drink it because it, it has so much weird stuff. And you're like, why would I want to drink tea? um and alcohol but the tea is really like a it's like caffeine based so you kind of get energy i like drinking it because we normally would go and eat and drink and then we would hit town so it's like you feel good you feel energized it's not like heavy mm -hmm. and um the flavors are really really good so i never really been a fan of gin i always thought it was like a cheap i thought it was an old man drink <laughs> Yeah, like I, like my grandma now, you know, drink like gin and juice. So I never ever wanted to like drink it until I came to England and it's on like everybody's menu. So you kind of got used to it. And now I'm like, 
addicted. That's going to be something um, I miss when I leave here. But that drink is just, you guys have to make it. It's so good. It looks good. Um, and it's perfect for like um, after work if you just want to have a nice drink. And it's also good with meals. Um, I definitely would say try pairing it with like your favorite sushi and um, you'll definitely be surprised at how good it tastes. So speaking of gin and juice, we all know that Snoop Dogg created the phrase gin and I'm sure he didn't make this drink, but you know, his famous song, Gin and Juice, but he also has a gin called Indigo and it's spelled I-N-D-O-G-G-O. So I'm definitely anticipating trying this gin. And if y'all hadn't known, if y'all didn't know, Snoop Dogg is like super in his bag right now. So he got the gin and then don't he have that um, wine, 21 crimes? I think so. He got, look, <laughs> I don't have to Google it, but they love him over here for some reason. Like even during Super Bowl, I had to watch it, watch it from the UK. And he had like five commercials, like premium spots, sponsoring some stuff. So mm -hmm. I have to get some lessons. Right. I'm all for it. Getting that bag, Snoop. Um, and one thing I could say, it's, you know, it's so crazy, like, the the songs that he has made, you know, in the past, and you know, he made a gospel album. <laughs> now I'm gonna, now you're gonna make me look that up. And then, uh, you know, Cardi B WAP song, he like, you know, people like myself just don't want to hear that. And it's just like, what? <laughs> well, you have probably told a woman, suck your, you know what I'm saying, 50 million ways, and then you talking about some, you know, pe people like you and older don't want to hear that. <laughs> Girl, you know, people get older and they try to get forget, like, sir, we can't. <laughs> forget where they come from. <laughs> like your whole, your album was doggy style, like, Correct. cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> but, now that we got the drink with Coco going, we are going to get into the word on the street. So, word on the street is Meg the Stallion has confirmed that she got a new man, and his name is what's his name? Parody. Party. Partisan. Hold on. Because now I got to go back to the notes. I'm pretty sure it's called, his name, they call him Party. Part, party, but Partisan Fontaine. <laughs> so, you don't know who Partisan Fontaine is, a.k.a. Party. Um, he is a rapper as well. And he is, Cardi B is featured in that song, You Know How to Get a Bag. And I ain't gonna lie, when I first heard his name, I'm like, who? Who? <laughs> Who is this man? <laughs> but I have definitely heard his songs before. I just didn't know his name. I was like, what is a party? <laughs> Girl, when you sent me that, I was like, she don't know how to spell Cardi. And I'm like, Meg is not David Cardi. And I'm like, oh, party. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been seeing, like, so I kind of knew who he was because I've been seeing him, like, featured, like, on, like, the shade room. Mm -hmm. gossip in the city so it was for the first time I kind of put like a face 
with a name, but I'm like, oh, I definitely saw him before. I saw his videos. So I ain't never seen him before, but I heard his music before. And one thing I can say is, you know, I think if anybody can find love, then more power to you. And after the year that Meg Thee Stallion had in 22, I mean, in 2020, I couldn't be more excited that she has found someone that she seems really smitten with. And yes, I use the word smitten because that's just like when you see her talk about him, she's like blushing, she's all smiles. So I'm here for it. And honestly, I don't even know what she saw in, oh boy, um, Tory Lanez, old Patchhead. If y'all ain't seen that, uh, <laughs> That meme that recently came out, and I don't know why he took his hat off or his scarf off or whatever it is he put on his head, but it's like, bruh, why did you embarrass yourself like that? I, you know, I I am happy. Like, I feel that as women, they get scrutinized so strongly when they're out and dating people, um, and it sucks because, you know, it's like, I feel like it's so hard to be a celebrity. You know, it's so hard being in the spotlight. And, um, you know, your life is like, you can't even have a private moment because people are sneaking and recording and taking photos. So it's like, damn, you might as well come out and say you're dating this person. But I mean, he seems to have put a lot of effort. She seems genuinely um, happy. And I mean, I think anybody is better than Tory Lanez. For one, he's like 4'11", I think. Right. So and party is over six feet tall. <laughs> and Meg the Stallion need a tall one. Yeah, she's tall, so mm -hmm. yes, but I'm I'm happy for it. I mean, people go in so hard. I feel like now the internet, people are just allowed to say whatever they want to say with no consequences. And it's like, imagine, you know, your first year as a rapper, you didn't really have to come up. Like you initially went to stardom, you know, you signed a contract, you lost your mom, you know, and you have friends and you're navigating the industry and you're still navigating growing up. People like, oh, she should have known better. Like she's, I don't even think she's 25. If, well, might just turn 25. Yeah, like she's very young. So like I can look back at some of my relationships and I'm like, well, damn, like, you know, you make bad decisions. It just sucks that it's so public, but I'm all for people like finding love and navigating during the industry because you can be linked with one person, you date another person. Oh, she, oh, was she going to her fifth baller? But I'm like, some of these men are on there six to seven woman in the year but you don't hear the same thing it's like encouraged for them to just keep popping out with bad bad women to date but i'm super excited for her. i mean i saw the energy you put in for valentine's day that's what i'm looking for like i cannot wait to get back to america cannot right. wait like, I, don't want, I don't even want men on base speaking to me no like it's, it's over for military men for me you know what i'm saying so i'm just like when i get back to america where the men with money at you know what I'm saying? Like, meet me with the same energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm naturally a gifter. You know, I'm a, a giving individual. So it's just like, if I'm going to be doing and giving to somebody, I want the same in return and not it just being a one-way street. So 
yeah, I'm all for it. If a man is going to wine and dine you and make you feel special and make you feel like you are the prize, then I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and good day to a little leprechaun. Okay? <laughs> oh, he just irks my soul. Yeah, like, Meg, I don't, I don't know what you was thinking when that came about. Maybe, maybe he was a good vibe, you know what I'm saying, and to his ass wasn't, but... Because, you know, sometimes BDE, you know, you get some BDE from people, and, you know... Uh, he, and he doesn't. He gives me, judgment. He gives me <laughs> small PP energy. <laughs> the entire way. Yeah, so I, I don't know what kind of energy he give. I don't pay too much attention to him uh, besides what is posted on social media in the shade room, you know, but congratulations to Meg. I definitely hope that, you know, y'all relationship is substantial. You know, you get what you want out of it and, you know, vice versa. So now that we done kind of talked about a new couple coming together, now we're going to get into... Kim Kardashian West filing for a divorce finally from Kanye after we have been hearing for months that she was going to file for divorce or whatever. And so I think previously when she was saying she was going to file for divorce, it was, I think she said it like after he, he, I guess, didn't make it to the primaries, you know what I'm saying, um, on his presidential run. I don't know why he thought that was okay or maybe the um i guess the situation saying like he don't agree with abortion or something like that um is what pushed kim to just be like i'm i'm done with this but honestly he has not seemed like he has been very mentally stable for a long time (laughs) you know kanye is just it's so disappointing because i mean being from chicago like you know, Kanye was on Rockefeller and, you know, he was the producer. When he came out, like, We're the Champions was, like, my go-to song. Uh, college, you know, mm-hmm. going in, like, Kanye went in, his verses, he can rap through the wire, like, put on for the city. Um, he used to be on Death Jam Slam Poetry, and he was just so articulate and intelligent. And I remember, you know, his mom used to teach, I believe, on Chicago State's um, yes. she was a professor. And, you know, like, to see how he has unraveled, it's it's crazy. And the only thing I hate is that, like, everybody had said the same thing, you know, when Kim met Kanye, Kanye was at peak Kanye. Mm-hmm. He's a celebrity. He's a superstar. He's together. He had a few issues, you know, the Amber Rose, he got drunk, he tasked Taylor Swift, <laughs> even though what he said was true. <laughs> but, I mean, when my man showed up with a Hennessy bottle, on the red carpet. I don't know what they was expecting. <laughs> anyway, um, it just sucks because I feel like he still hasn't gotten the help that he needed. Mm-hmm. I feel like with the Kardashians, it's always about image. And I do believe that they are man eaters. They use people for what they work and then they discard them. Look at Chloe and Lamar. Mm-hmm. They literally get men, they get these black men, they date them, they have kids with them. And then when they become enough, too much, they discard them and um Kanye has done serious damage I mean I feel like for her as a brand 
you you have to disassociate yourself with him, even from running. Like, who's going to take you serious? Where are you going to get invited to? This man supported Trump. Mm-hmm. And then he doubled back and did all this crazy shit. So I do feel like, you know, and not to say the blame is solely on her. I feel like when you're dealing with somebody with a mental illness, it takes a lot out of you, especially if they don't want to get help. Um, and, you know, and I don't think they want to commit him to a psychiatric ward, but um, something needs to be done because seeing from where he used to be and where he's at now, he's not the same. He's not the same person. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she gonna be, she gonna bounce back. She gonna be with her next black man. But I mean, I really don't even put the blame on Kanye because like this is his first failed marriage and this is Kim's fourth. So, is it the fourth? It's the fourth. Mm. Third or fourth? Is it the? She was married to a producer. Then right. she married Chris Humphreys. Mm-hmm. This is the third. Third, yeah, this is the third one. Can't can't keep up with them. Right. But I I honestly just think like he just never bounced back from the passing of his mother. I think that she is who and what kept him grounded. And once she was gone, you know what I'm saying? Like the ego is a is a powerful thing. You know what I'm saying? I think his ego came into play, like he is on top of the world. Cause like you said, he was when he met Kim or I guess started dating Kim. He was like at peak, at the peak of his career, you know. So it's kind of just like you got all this fame and this success, and you know it can go to your head, and then you get one of the baddest chicks in the game. You know that can definitely just be a a huge ego boost. And I think when in in the case of celebrities, like they have all these things just at their back and call and it's just like you almost get to a point where you think you above the rest you know what I'm saying I think his ego is probably what has him like spiraling and probably sparked his mental illness and I definitely think that he should get help for you know what it is that he's going through I know he out in what is it Wyoming Yeah, he's out in Wyoming in the the middle of nowhere, I guess, for the peace and to, you know, not be treated as a celebrity. You know, maybe maybe he passed that point in his life and, you know, is definitely doing some evaluation while he's out there. And I honestly think him getting away from the Kardashians, even though he has children with Kim. So, of course, they're going to be, you know, around each other and stuff like that. But I think, like, them not being the highlight of his life anymore is gonna definitely help him if he is seeking help or you know getting help at this time I think it'll help him in his journey to to get him better me too because it's like they're it's like they're always in the news it's always paparazzi it's always something and that can be taxing that can be tiring um on a person so I wouldn't like, it's not a lot of, you know, people in Wyoming that's going to come out there for a scoop or a story. Right. So I feel like it is what's going to help him get to peace. But at the end of the day, I tell people like, some people grow apart. Mm-hmm. Who you were at the beginning and who you were at the end, it just may not mesh anymore. You just may want different um, things. And that is totally, look, my peace, I'm cutting anybody off for my peace at all costs. So facts on facts. I think that um, 
yeah, I definitely think this is going to be a good move for him. I think that um, whatever, I mean, Kim's going to do what she want to do. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, she's not the one in a, in a mentally bad space or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, we shall see who, who the next man she end up with. I know, I know I want to see who it's going to be, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, Kim and Kanye made some beautiful babies, you know, Northwest is out here just being fantastic and artistic. I think someone was saying, I guess she had posted a picture that Northwest had been working on for a couple weeks and it's, it's a painting that she did and people was like now you know she didn't do that you know whatever whatever and I just think like you know for a family with the money like why wouldn't her child be able to do that you know what I'm saying like I know people whose children can started drawing at maybe like seven or something and they are really good at drawing so it's just like why is it unbelievable that this child could do something like that Again, I think people, it's just a lack of resources, honestly. So I believe it. Like, if you have the money, you're getting your daughter the best art teachers. You're honing her craft at an early age. And Kim did say that her and another little girl were in, like, this, you know, painting class. But um, to me, that's the goal. Like, that's the point of having money is to give your children the best. So if your daughter says she wants to paint, I'm going to go out. If I have the means, I'm going to find excuse me the best teacher to teach my baby how to paint so it's, it's to me it's not um I just think some people and I'm learning this about the internet people can only think at their level mm-hmm. so some people can't get past like what they see or what they think life should be like when I tell people I've been to these countries they're like oh you haven't it's impossible she's lying she clapping but or they'll be like, you only able to go to these these places because you go there for work. And it's just like, uh, no. The no. military don't pay for you to go party and turn up, okay? Yeah, like, uh, so, I don't, it's, the internet is just, uh, it wasn't for my business. Like, I legitimately would not, um, or probably do away. I mean, I haven't posted in a year, so. <laughs> my personal page so yeah but I don't I I'm, I'm all for it like everybody deserves I think peace and happiness and I'm for it like people are like oh it's so, divorces are so rampant and I'm like well that's because back in the day it was impossible where women didn't have the rights or they didn't have the means so you had to stay with somebody who was shitty towards you or mean towards you and cruel because you had no other way now it's possible you can get away so look yeah, I'm I'm all for a divorce. I I don't believe in staying with anybody that's yeah. not gonna, you know, that's not gonna make you happy and vice versa. You know, and I think especially when children come into play, you know, I don't have children, but I I am very much so an advocate of children and children being treated well. And I think that when the parents are unhappy, the kids unhappy. You know what I'm saying? You see them acting out or whatever the case may be because, you know, they they feel that energy. And I strongly believe that. And so I think that if you can get a divorce and co-parent, and even if y'all not married, you know what I'm saying? I don't believe in staying with anybody just because of kids or whatever, because I feel like those kids 
will be so much more happier if y'all are apart and not being toxic in front of y'all kids. Facts, look, let me tell you something. I never, never forget. You're like, oh my God, divorce. I'm supposed to get divorced. It's a sin. Well, God ain't intend for me to be miserable either. So. And I think that, like, I have friends who parents have been married their whole lives, but they've seen their parents, like, just be so toxic to each other and stuff. And I've had friends be like, I wish my parents would have just got a divorce or separated or whatever because they was miserable. Like, you know, like being an adult and being able to reflect on that, you know, like children pay attention and it's stuff that they carry with them. Let me tell you something. I'm, you, you will not. Hmm. It's going to take a lot for me to get married again, baby. It's going to take a lot for me to... <laughs> it's going to take a lot out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Charming don't have to jump up out of one of them little Disney books. (laughs) Well, we all know I'm open to being married again. I look forward to it. And next time I will have a real wedding and deal with all the drama that come along with it. (laughs) This will be me with my cup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on, sit down, Rena. Come on, come on, sit down right here. (laughs) I'm going to be surprised, man. Going at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't even, like, let's just tell her the wedding. Like, just have her show up and say, hey, it's a banquet, and then it's really a wedding. So she can just walk right. down the aisle and sit down. <laughs> she ain't cut up. Nah, I, I have to do the whole <laughs> wedding dress shopping and all that to include her. Because, child, I've been divorced almost five years, and I'm still hearing about why I didn't have no wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, at this point, like, I don't even think I want a, I just, knowing me, I would be somewhere on the beach if, strong if I ever get married again, and it's going to be me, him, the witness, God and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) I don't know, like, it's just, I see my friend, like, one of my friends is having a wedding, and I'm like, Shit, I'm exhausted. Like, I gotta be here and wear what colors? Like, shit, I just wanna. This a lot. Like, I'm, mm, mm, mm. no, no. Yeah, um, it's a lot that go into wedding planning, you know, and like I said, me having to to deal with the drama that come along with having a wedding. And we know I don't necessarily do too well with drama, but I'm gonna have to. Goose we'll a whole lot whenever that time comes. <laughs> All the pictures don't see me with my drink. <laughs> yes, girl. Have you a drink? Drink. You're going to have to drink some for me too, child. Cause I will. But I think this is probably for the best that Kim and Kanye part ways as far as like being husband and wife. Um, cause I, I just think, you know, it's been a long time since we've really seen them together. And I think, like I said, it's probably best for both of them. Like in quarantine too. Mm-hmm. I think about it. I feel like COVID has, I don't, <laughs> one thing I can say about COVID, um, I dislike COVID, um, but it forces you to address all the things that you may not like. I feel like a lot of people, they were in relationships 
where marriages and it was fun. Like, you know, you, you're always on the go. You're always doing something. So you don't have time to just sit and think. And my grandma always says, going to come a time and place where you have to sit in your shit. Mm. You have to sit in it. You have to address it. You have to be ready. And I think COVID has done that to people. You know, there's no touring. There's no, you know, video shoots and concerts and New York Fashion Week and Paris Fashion Week. So, of course, it's always a honeymoon time because you're coming back, you know, and then a lot of people have to work from home, school's out. And you start to really think like, damn, I don't really like this person or (laughs) I don't like this about me or I don't think we're a match. And I don't, I feel like COVID has forced people to sit down and there's nowhere to run. You can't party it up. You can't drink. I mean, you can, but it's like, it's no clubs. It's, excuse me, it's no distractions. It's literally you and that person. And every day, and people were judging Malcolm and Marie. And I'm like, shit, a lot of y'all is Malcolm and Marie. Yeah. It sucks. It's it's, it's a hurtful feeling, but <laughs> I think that, you know, a lot of people can't realize, like, yes, it was toxic, but how many relationships are like that? Like, how often do you get into it with the person that you're with and you just go nasty? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I, I do think it's for the best. And people like, oh, you know, he lost a good thing. Look, you can be with the baddest person in the world. It don't mean that that person is meant to be with you mm-hmm. or forever. Like, and I think people need to get outside of that. Outside of the physical, looks will fade. Everybody knows that. I don't care if in your 20s, you was the baddest thing walking. By the time you hit your 30s, it's already somebody else that's in their 20s. You can get all the surgery, Botox, boobs, everything. It's always going to be someone out there better than you. So outside of the physical, it has to boil down to. At the end of the day, what's keeping you from holding on? It ain't going to be looks. Not when you're 60 and you're 70. If you live to be that long, it got to be something more. So you got to be able to laugh with this person, joke with this person. And I don't blame Kim. If I'm in my 40s and I'm looking down the road, if this is not somebody I can see myself growing old with when I maybe get outside the spotlight, we have no substance. I'm letting it. Why? Why hold on to it? For what? It's, it's no point like I refuse to be with somebody just for an, an image mm-hmm. or or whatever like no it's, it's something else gotta give mm-hmm. you know, people be you see millionaires killing themselves so it can't be money that make you happy right yeah I definitely think that you need more than money and looks to sustain a relationship because like you said Everybody been in the house, stuck with a person, and it's just like, I really don't like the person that you are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that that can be a hard pill to swallow when you thought this person was the love of your life, the person you saw yourself growing old with, and then y'all sitting in the house and can't stand the side of each other. Or, you know, y'all are bickering and arguing about simple stuff, you know? Yeah, and I, that's what I, I think for me, like, people say, like, you know, like, you don't date in the military or, you know, it's it's so much harder, like, for me, again, peace. My whole thing this, you know, from last year, going into this year is I'm maintaining my peace and I'm maintaining my sanity at all costs, and yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's just not worth it, like, some people would rather be with people just to say, like, I'm with somebody, 
than to just be by themselves. And I think being by myself has taught me to like really love myself. Mm-hmm. I can go out to eat and sit by myself and be okay. Yeah. I'm learning, I'm growing. So when I get with a person, I am prepared. Like I, you know, I can literally say like, oh, honey, I bring the table to the table. And I can say that with confidence because I know that I do. I know that I've worked on myself mentally, physically, financially, emotionally. Like mm-hmm. I am, you know, working on being well-rounded, but I hope people out there listening, like I hope they're not just staying with somebody. Like, I feel like if you, you know, write a list of the good and the bad from this past year, if the bad outweigh the good, it may be time, maybe it's time to, you know, get get on your feet or you know, start putting some money away for a rainy day fund to get away because ain't no, no, uh, it's, it's no way. I mean, I hope Kanye gets with somebody that can deal with him more. I really hope he gets with his ex. I feel like his first ex, the Delta, um, they were college sweethearts. They were like, he was so good. And then I felt like Hollywood got to him and you start seeing him unravel down the chain. And I mean, at the end of the day, he's Kanye. So there's a million of women that's bad, that's willing to be with Kanye. So I do hope that he gets really the mental help that he needs because he's so talented, like, you know, he used to have Donda's house in Chicago, which was like a good non-for-profit. And they did so much stuff for the community. Mm-hmm. And to see what he was so passionate about. Yeah. Passionate. To see him just change into this person. I do feel like it's, it's, it's mental. It's, it's very mental. And um, he, he, no matter what he done, I feel like he deserves a chance to get mental health. Because in a Black community, people don't really acknowledge mental health. You know, it's like, oh, it's not real. You know, like, we don't get that option of being mentally wrong mm-hmm. or having disabilities. So I do think that, you know, he should, you know, seek therapy and get his life together because, Lord, <laughs> you know, I'm rivaling, but I mean, if you do become single, hmm. hey, how you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, never. That lives rent free in my head. <laughs> I have no idea why, but it does. I mean, ain't nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? You gotta manifest that thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, every night before I go to bed, I be manifesting. What a money reside. What a money reside. <laughs> Where is what a bag at? Okay, like my vision board. I'm a, I want to. I gotta do an update to my vision board too, but yeah, I gotta finish uh update my vision board too. I haven't touched it since we did it. I just need more. Uh, the Air Force changed the rigs. That girl got that ponytail. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, Miss Mo, look, I'm gonna trade in my child support wig. I'm gonna get a little. <laughs> with a little braid or something. I don't know. I just be seeing people with them, and some people I just be like, <laughs> "You need to wrap it. You need to wrap it up." Like one lady, she had like these braids, and then she had like this ponytail. But it was just so. It was like a thick point. Like it just. <laughs> I don't. know It was just so much wrong with it in my face. <laughs> you know, me at work, I was. My boss was like, can you please fix your face? I can see underneath your mask. I mean. I promise you, I legit, when it comes to hair, and 
I'll be the first. I'll be the first to admit your girl go to work looking any other kind of way some days. Like I just roll out. Like I shower, get dressed, and roll out. I don't put a brush comb nothing to my head. I just be like, it is what it is. You gonna get what you get today. Like, and, and I'm barely walking through the door on time. But I legit feel like my hair at least look like, and maybe it's just the type of hair I have, but. I be feeling like it at least looked presentable for the most part. You I've know been so trash, friend. Like, huh? I have been being trash as hell because I have, like, I ain't gonna even lie. So I was doing, like, a full face at work. My quick, quick beat for work. Then I was like, you gotta wear a mask even if you're in this content. So I felt so trifling, like, all last week from here on up, that's all I did. So I only put foundation yeah. And bronzer on like the top of my head, but I just be at work like it's it's a no for me. Then like a lot of people wear these wigs, and then like they pull them back in a ponytail, and it's just giving me church's chicken on Stony Island vibes. And I I can't I can't or like they have the weave ponytail, and the end is like short and sprouty. And I I never thought I would be like one of those CNCOs that be like, oh, back in my day we had to wear a bun, and I'm like. Um, I know what the reg says. However, ma'am, your ponytail is not quite ponying. <laughs> Girl, now I'm not gonna let like I legit be sneaking pictures sometimes, but one mm-hmm. time I, you say what? Oh, we know. <laughs> Girl, one time this lady came to um like they was visiting, like maybe came to do an inspection or something like that. And I was sitting right behind her. I didn't even bring my phone to the meeting with me. But I asked the person next to me, I said, let me see your phone real fast. And I legit was like, snapped the picture and was like, okay, send this to me. But the lady had on a wig. And, you know, the top part is laid down, you know, because it's a wig. It's, I guess it's easy to just lay it down, pull it on back. But at the end, I don't know if she, like, it was a synthetic wig. So I don't know if she tried to put some flat irons to it and the ends oh, was God. just fried up or what. But now she probably tried to share one of them synthetic Susans, you know, they be trying to apply a little heat. Look, this dude, my unit, go say, he was like, oh, you're a senior CEO, but I thought you had a senior CEO wig. <laughs> Like, I'm okay. Like, this one lady girl scared the hell out of me in the BH. She was like, Excuse me, excuse me. Who did your hair? Who did your hair around here? Whoa, first of all, if I can feel your breath through your mask, you're too close. Mm-hmm. I was like, Damn, bitch, I got it from like, this girl made it. She's like, Who put it on? Myself. Who, who do you think? We're in the lockdown. Who, who else would put it on? Mm hmm. Who's gonna get a, I'm not gonna get a fine, a 500 pound, a thousand pound fine for getting my hair done. Right. <laughs> That's a bitch expensive ass hairdo, girl. I'm gonna be like, as soon as you go to America, I'm gonna be mad as hell. Cause you're gonna be legitimately in America, wide the hell open. I'm gonna go over here miserable. Girl, I, as soon as I touch down, I'm gonna be like, your girl nails is dead, y'all. I'm gonna be mad. I'm, I'm gonna report it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he's so jealous. Like I'm stuck up over here in like baby hell and it's just it's not giving me what it's supposed to be giving me. But I think I'm gonna feel better like once I get an assignment. I apply for another job. It's not in Georgia, but it's close. We're like an hour. It's in Alabama and Montgomery. I was about to say what? In Maxwell? Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's close. It's, it's close. Like, it's like a hopping a, a hop whip. <laughs> I can be there in two hours flat, okay? Yes. So if y'all let let it be known, if y'all date my friend, you heard her feelings, I can <laughs> pull up. <laughs> we'll put that Mercedes on the road doing 120, okay? <laughs> but I definitely cannot wait to see where you go next. Hopefully we close if we're not in the same place. You know, so I'm going to at least speak that into existence. Like, Me too. Like, it's not, it hasn't been on my list. You know what I mean? Like, hitting up everybody. So I think the three bases I mentioned are, like, what's stuck. So that's why I'm like, out of those three, let me try to work my own thing. But I truly believe, like, wherever I go, it's going to grow. And, I mean, I feel like if I went to a small base, I would run circles around people, like, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I've been manifesting. I've been praying. I've been, I started looking at houses in Alabama condos and stuff like I feel like I'm gonna go there and I never ever ever like don't even know I lived in Mississippi for like a year and a half two years I never lived in the south with an F but it's like Florida is close and um I don't know I just feel like wherever I go it's gonna be great and we're gonna be close like we still like a flight away not a nine hour flight not a ten hour flight but like Like a two three hour hour flight (laughs) Like a weekend, I could just pop up and not have to like plan and do an apex and take freaking hella leave because the first three days I'm gonna be jet lagged and right. the last three days I'm gonna be um, going crazy. So I'm all, I'm I'm okay with it. Like I feel like COVID has taught me patience and being prepared. Yeah, like put me anywhere. I'm gonna throw me to the wolves. I'm gonna return leading the pack. Like, I stand on that. So, I feel like wherever we go next is going to be great. But I'm so ex- excited for you to be in Georgia. I feel like that is the black mecca outside of Houston and D.C. And, like, your podcast is just going to grow because you can actually, like, team up with other podcasters. You can cover events. It's so easy to, like, even record. Like, I don't think people understand your sacrifice. Like, at first, I was like, man, Crystal, she just talking. But to... <laughs> plan a, a schedule every week and then to see you edit your episodes like that's not an easy task you have to edit you have to check the microphones you know then you have to send it to the other person and let them hear it and get their input on like what they would like to be removed or maybe if they were misquoted and then to consistently publish them like publishing an episode every week is a lot like I don't think people see that and to be a new podcast you're doing it like I'm super proud like when you first said you're gonna do it and you ordered those microphones and stuff I was like y'all Crystal is crazy in the first episode we had so many struggles like you should link a video to our first episode the microphones I was echoed as hell Crystal's fire alarm <laughs> can't be <needed> to be <laughs> like all the dudes was coming like you need a man y'all so independent why don't you change the fire alarm it was going like it was going like all day. We were smoking hookah, so all you heard was like bubbles in the back. Yeah, and we were like lit as hell. 
Mm-hmm. Lit, lit, lit. But um, to see you go from like that first episode and I think we have to do the intro like four times because Crystal was so nervous. But like to see you do it now and I'm like, oh my God. And I know like on Sundays, I be messaging Crystal and she be like, um, on Sundays I record up until Wednesday I'm editing. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god, but like to see you take your craft so seriously and to do it um so well. Like I'm super proud of you because I didn't know the effort it took to do this and now you've incorporated um recording. <laughs> I don't see that expensive backdrop that you got for Christmas in the background, but I ordered it. I'm waiting on it to be delivered. <laughs> oh, just checking. Just checking, Queen. <laughs> They see one of your birthday gifts, you know, dangling <laughs> in the background. Um, but I'm super, I'm happy for you. I'm super excited for you to be able to travel. And like, I can only imagine like, you know, I'm hoping next year is like, Crystal, join me at Booth, whatever, because I'm at Essence Fest. And I'm talking to all the people that's coming through. Like, I'm super excited to see the growth. And I'm so proud of you. And it's like, I'm not even mad like you're leaving because I know I'm leaving right behind you but I like to leave for I think my feelings are hurt because I always leave you yeah <laughs> like I've been here longer than you yeah and I, when I thought I was like damn Krista really got me to extend a whole year only so she could leave <laughs> seven months before me but I know it's gonna like fly by I mean COVID is already like I'm like damn it's March so now I'm kind of excited like people are like oh you're ready for May for your birthday I'm like no I'm ready for May for my assignment like I don't forget all about my birthday mm-hmm. that's gonna be your birthday gift that's how I felt about this assignment I'm like yes birthday gift come through <laughs> I'm thinking they better post that job this has definitely been a journey I've learned so much like having patience has been um, key to this whole process because like I said there are like I'm editing Monday to Wednesday morning like the episode posts at midnight central standard time and I'm literally up at four o'clock like let me finish this last bit of editing or whatever just so I can you know post the episode one time so um, and I've, I've like I said I've learned a lot I honestly feel like having this podcast through the pandemic has allowed me to stay sane. Because honestly, I might be in the psych ward right now if I ain't had this. <laughs> but on top of work, child. Yes. So I, I can appreciate having this side hustle, doing something I, I love and enjoy. You know, I appreciate your support every step of the way and just like you know, you and Sierra and Andrea and my mama and everybody that tune in every week. And so honestly, like doing this episode and just being like, okay, I'm going to take a break because I need to start packing and stuff like that. I'm scared because I'm just like, I feel like every week I'm getting more listeners and now I might be losing listeners. But I'm just like, you know, it is what it is. Like y'all that genuinely support me and love listening to me every week I'm sure when I start back up y'all will be tuning in so I look forward to you know whatever it is that the next episodes that I have coming up but I know I am going to pick it back up you know this year has been awesome this has been a long first season (laughs) 
but um the break is gonna be well worth it and i will have some amazing awesome content for y'all i am in the wake of me not doing a podcast every week i am still going to be posting on social media i am going to do some live videos so that i can kind of just update y'all on what i got going on and i'll be sure to post flyers so that y'all also know to tune in as well so y'all just be on the lookout so follow me on social media at Kikin with Coco so that y'all can stay stay up to date with what I have going on and then Lala you want to let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media and how they can access your business it's Untamed Beauty that's <laughs> not a plug but it's a plug um, <laughs> so as you guys may not know, um, I sell authentic African um, waist beads, sage, and crystals. It's a one-stop shop for self-love and just working on you uh, inside, outside. Again, people wear waist beads for many different reasons, fertility, for self-love, to lose weight, um, as a sign to show their intent for marriage. Um, There's so many reasons why women wear waist beads, but... I can be found at my personal page is underscore also Lala. Um, I post on there, but not as much. But my business page is at It's Untamed Beauty, and I post every day. Also, if you want to purchase beads, sage, and crystals, I have 20% off through March 5th. Use code LOVE21, and it's www.itsuntamedbeauty.com. So... Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, and um, <laughs> y'all can come shop with me. Oh my god! I hope you show them like recording, y'all. I'm gonna help Crystal pack up and go, and that's gonna be a video that you have to post because y'all don't understand. Like packing up in the military is like everybody lies and says that they're ready, but they're not ready. Um, so you're going to probably see the movers there and we're still separating stuff. Like what's going to go on a company baggage and the company baggage is like a small amount of weight you get that like goes to your base first and then your household goods come later. So it's kind of like, what can I survive without for like 60 days? And most of the time you end up going to the store and buying the stuff anyway, when you get to your base, but, um, I'm so excited. Like, y'all saw season one. Like, for season one, I cannot wait to see um, season two. So, yes. Thank you, Lala. And then, y'all, like I said, y'all can follow me on social media, Instagram, preferably at Kikin with Coco. And then, of course, I have my I'm Black 258 t-shirts for the month of February for Black History Month. They are $15. So go ahead, get you a t-shirt, and then I have the Drink With Coco shot glasses. So as you can see, get y'all turn up on with the shot glasses. And I made my drink today with that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so get you can get all merch at kikanwithcocopodcast.com. As always, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And then now we're going to go ahead and move over into the hot cup of cocoa. What's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I have partnered with Element Lights to bring you all the equipment you need 
for 10% off if you use my code. A lot of you guys are into doing makeup, making YouTube videos, doing podcasts, and we use ring lights. So they have desktop ring lights, ring lights that stand up, tripods for your cameras, a tripod to hold your phone if that's what you're using to record. But whatever you use a ring light for, Element Lights has it. So go to www.elementlights.com and use KWC10 to receive 10% off of your order today. Don't miss out on it. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and get into the hot cup of cocoa. And as I mentioned earlier, I have Dr. Carrie Ann Perkins on the show with me today. And we are going to kiki about kind of like women's reproductive health and kind of talk about some of the stigmas that we, you know, that society puts on us as women. And so, Dr. Perkins, would you like to go ahead and just introduce yourself and let everyone know, like, what your specialty is and how you got into the field? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Coco, for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Perkins, as you've heard before. I am an obstetrician and gynecologist, and so I know most of the world knows what that is, right? So, a lot of times we think of it as, like, the baby doctor, right? Um, or the woman doctor. And it's really a combination of both of those. So I do care for women during their pregnancies, after their pregnancies, as well as when they're just in their regular reproductive years and after their reproductive years. So as early as the age of 13, you know, when we start going into our cycles and puberty and things just start changing. And for some people, get it gets really chaotic, right? Yeah. All the way until menopause and after. So essentially, it is careful women throughout their lifetime. Um, my history kind of weird and different um, in the sense that I never had that, you know, epiphany when I was a child or something, you know, where I wanted to become a doctor because of something special that happened. I don't have that good of a story, okay? <laughs> my story really goes back to just having a love of the the body and being curious about the things that happened to us. So for instance, you know, one of the things that I thought was the weirdest thing is an itch. Like, what is an itch? Like, please tell me why is it that you have this weird feeling and the sensation, you know, within your skin and then you scratch it and then it feels so much better, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was really all of these little questions that I had in my mind that sparked my curiosity. And in trying to find out the answers to those things, I realized that medicine is kind of where I want to be. And that's where my heart lies. And so it, that's where it really just started. And then from then, I was just like, okay, well, no one in my family has ever done this before. Mm -hmm. And I don't know any doctors. So I've never had a conversation with a doctor. So <laughs> I'm going to have to figure this out. And so... It became a little bit difficult because I'm born and raised Jamaican. Um, so I'm from the Caribbean islands. And, you know, the the American culture and history and everything is completely new to me. So we migrated here when I was a teenager. And from then, um, I started on this journey of trying to figure out how to get to my goals. Mm -hmm. And it was a long 
sometimes really difficult, sometimes probably more times than not fun, um, but also very scary journey. And so I, I have absolutely no complaints about it. I think that, you know, I am where I'm, I am because I'm supposed to be here. And I've had a lot of people along the way to kind of guide me and to kind of put in their two cents and, you know, information. And so it's been a wonderful journey. Um, so essentially, I went to Temple University for undergrad. I studied kinesiology, which is exercise and sports science, again, because of my love of the body. I wanted to know more about this, yeah. what it means and how it works. And then I got a master's after that in biomedical sciences. And really during that time frame, I wanted to focus on me and getting myself ready for medical school because I knew that it was going to be a very long and hard and difficult process. So I decided to spend a couple of years to, um, I got my, my house at that time, got a car, and kind of got settled, you know, um, because I worked so hard prior to that, you know, working full-time while I was in college, and it was just a, a struggle. So I was yeah. like, well, I heard medical school is hard, and I won't be able to work full-time. So kind of, you know, situate yourself in a place where you can, you know, be safe as you get through both of this process. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided to start medical school right after that. And um, it was as difficult as it said it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, then for some reason, I decided at that point that I also wanted to get a second master's at the same time. Um, and my, <laughs> my reason for that was... I, as I started medical school and as like speaking with other doctors and, you know, understanding the field, I realized that medicine and business are not the same. Mm -hmm. And in medical school, they teach you nothing about business. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, once I'm done medical school, I really don't want to go back to school. Yeah. So I was like, well, let me learn business now because when I graduate, I'm done. <laughs> I, you're not catching me in a classroom again. And so <laughs> I decided to um, get the master's at the same time, which was wonderful. I really actually loved it. So I went to medical school during the day and went to business school at night and survived. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, you know, to add to the mix, I always wanted to be a soldier. And so my family, not being a military family, not being American born, they're like, okay, so you want to be a soldier? No. <laughs> and you know, my family's very protective. And so when they think of the army, they're thinking you're going to die, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I think of the army, I think of, you know, serving and, and helping and protecting. So it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So I silently joined the military at the end of medical school. I was like, well, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And believe it or not, my family is so happy about that now. You know, I, it was a surprise. I did all the paperwork. I went and got to commissioning. That's when I told them. And my mom was like, what? Like, she literally thought I was crazy at that point. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's how I kind of culminated my, my training with, you know, doing that last thing that I really wanted to do as a person. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I have been exploring, enjoying, and loving the world of female reproductive health. I love women. I love females. I love everything about the body. 
and I feel like I have a connection with them. Like I kind of understand when you don't have a good period or, you know, you are feeling cranky today. I get it. You know, Mm -hmm. I understand. (laughs) I understand when you don't want to get up, you know, or, you know, your, your vagina is acting a little bit differently. I get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it's really sparked a love of, um, teaching a love of helping and serving and so that brings me to where I am today okay and even though you say you don't think your story seems that interesting I think it's very interesting that you did that much school and because I promise you I came to the military to to pay for school and it took me almost 13 years to finally finish my bachelor's degree and now I'm just like you want me to get a master's degree now like next year I'll start next year (laughs) so but I I do not come from a military family either um when I initially said I was coming to the military everybody was like are you crazy like they at war you gonna die and I was just like well nobody's paying for me to go to school you know I mean my mom was you know of course took loans and stuff out but at the same time I just felt like I didn't want my mother to have to you know bear that burden and it was just Mm -hmm. like well let me go somewhere where I can I know I can live on my own I can pay for school, you know, like all these benefits that came with being in the military. And now everybody is like, you chose the the right thing. It's been so great to you. Can you talk to my daughter about being in the military? You know, you need to talk to your brother about being in the military. And I'm just like, and for everybody now. (laughs) That is very true. It isn't, but it also is a very good avenue to, if, if you put in and do your part, they'll support mm-hmm. you and do yeah. their part. I, I definitely, but I also caveat, you know, it's a good stepping stone um, yes. to give you experience because a lot of jobs won't hire people because they don't have experience, especially those who go to college, graduate, and they're like, I'm, this is the field I want to be in. And then you, you're getting all of these people telling you, oh, you don't have enough experience. Right. So I definitely think the military gives you that experience. And a lot of people like getting veterans as uh, employees because of the discipline that they have, the experience. You also have experience with leading people, you know, yeah. and that's what a lot of companies are looking for. Right. Very true. So um, I can definitely, you know, relate to coming to the military and it not being popular amongst family and it turning into, oh, the military has been great. It's a good thing, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But along this journey, um, I have chose to live my life a certain way, you know, just single, no children. And I know that even my mother has just been like, you know, you got to start having kids at some point, you know, and it's just like, well, I'm not ready right now, you know? Um, And then we all have that ticking time bomb that everybody is like, oh, I got to start having kids. I'm getting old, you know? Um, You know, what, what are some 
some reasons besides, you know, somebody just not wanting to have children. That could possibly be a reason someone doesn't have kids. You know, there's there's just so many different factors that play a part in that, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, you need sperm <laughs> and yeah. you need an egg, right? And so there has to be an interaction between the two. Mm-hmm. And so there are so many, the list of things that can cause um, for there to not be an interaction between the two, mm-hmm. even if there is an interaction, it's not a good one, yeah. right? And so there are things such as um, age, mm-hmm. which is probably is one of like the, the most common thought of reason, right? Which is why for women, people are just like, okay, well, it's time to go, you know? Like it's time, yeah, yeah. there's so much pressure on the woman or on the female to have a child once you start hitting for some people even in their t- upper 20s you were just like the 30s is like a dreaded place you don't want to be in your 30s 40s is just over you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> miss the boat altogether so age is a really really big factor um but the one of the misconceptions out there is that it's a female issue if you can't get pregnant mm-hmm. and it's not it is absolutely 100 percent not the infertility among women is really about the same percentage as it is for men, like being the factor that's playing a part here. So on average, it's about 30%, mm-hmm. right? So 30% of infertility is due to female problems and 30% due to male factors. So I, I really think that there's a lot of information that's missing from the public regarding that because we place so much pressure on the woman. Um, to be in a relationship or to have a child because their eggs are dying, mm-hmm. um, which it is. You know, once you hit 30, for sure, that infertility factor is going down. And pretty rapidly, right? By the time you hit the age of 35, it's declining even faster. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to the age of 40, it's like very, very low, <laughs> right? And yeah. just about, you know, not existing anymore. Um, so age is one. Um, lifestyle is another. Um, and when you think of lifestyle, you're thinking of things like your weight. Okay. There's a lot of different problems that can happen and conditions that can happen because of your weight. Okay. And essentially it's, it could be either way. It could be too low of a weight. So you can have women who are, are very much like athletes and they're very committed to their careers. And then due to that, they're not ovulating. So they're not producing that egg, so they can't get pregnant, right? Or medical conditions that can cause that. And on the other end, it could be being overweight um, and being obese, because we know that the hormones that are being expressed in your body when you're overweight will affect your fertility and the way that your eggs and your ovaries operate. So really, really important. Other lifestyle things such as smoking. You know, smoking plays a huge part. Um, essentially, in, in smokers, the, the function of your organs are not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. And it can also increase the likelihood of getting an ectopic pregnancy if you do get pregnant. And so that's like a whole other category altogether. Um, so there are those things, but there's also things that are like structural. When you think of structures, it means physical, like things that are like yeah. actually being a blockage. Mm-hmm. So your tubes can be blocked, 
if your tubes are blocked, egg and sperm will never meet. It doesn't matter if you have millions of sperm and you're producing that beautiful, juicy, ready to conceive egg, if the two are not meeting, because there's a blockage in that road, it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there, there a way to unblock them or? You know, that's a very, 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 very good question because a lot of times there isn't a good effective way to unblock them. And, you know, there's some fertility specialists who may want to attempt to do that, mm-hmm. um, but it increases the one, the success rate is low, and two, the likelihood of getting an ectopic pregnancy is high because you create scar tissue whenever you have surgery in such a sensitive area. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't increase the likelihood of you having a normal and safe pregnancy at all. Um, so it's, it, when that happens, oftentimes the best thing to do is to bypass that blockage. Mm-hmm. And that's where like a reproductive endocrinologist will play a very important part in helping the egg to cross and pass that blockage so that it can meet with the sperm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, that's one of like the physical things that can happen. Sometimes there are and like a congenital or anatomical difference in your, your structure as a, a female, mm-hmm. um, wherein your tubes are not normal, may not even exist. And some of these things you will not know until you get to the point where you're trying to get pregnant, you don't get pregnant, and then we evaluate further. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, there are times where I would notice on, like a patient will come in and consult with me, and she was never told that she has two cervix services, two uterus, one two completely missing. And she's been going to doctors for like her entire reproductive years. Yeah. Did not know that structurally or anatomically she had a problem mm-hmm. and therefore pregnancy can be difficult. Yeah. So um, there are just so many different factors. So we can go down like a list that just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Um, but of course, we also want to pay attention to the male factor mm-hmm. because you can have, you know, I think it's very interesting that in every ejaculate, there are millions of sperm. Mm-hmm. And so if a man were to ejaculate every single day, every single day, you're creating millions of sperm. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that one <laughs> can make it, right? Yeah. And so it goes to tell you that most of these sperms are not normal. Mm-hmm. They're not normal. They're not functioning normally. And so even though there are millions of them, you're hoping for one because there's only a small amount of good sperm that comes out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes men will have issues with their sperm that they might still produce millions of them, but they're not able to move and to get to the area. They have to be able to mobilize. Yeah. They have to swim. They have to swim well. Mm-hmm. It could be that the semen is not the appropriate that type or mixture that is necessary for them to survive in a woman's body. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be that they're not producing or not with genetic material that is important to conceive, right? So you need to pass that DNA from the man to meet with the DNA from the woman mm-hmm. so that they can conceive together. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge part of this. And sometimes these men do not and have no way to know that their sperm is not a good sperm, a healthy sperm until he's trying to specifically and purposefully conceive with a female. Right. So 
I normally, once I start evaluating a patient for infertility, we give you a certain period of time, right? And so depending on your age, we'll either give you 12 months or six months to try to just naturally and by yourself conceive. Mm-hmm. And once you pass that period of time, now I start to evaluate both people right away. So I'm not just going to focus on the woman. We need the man to check his semen at the same time because you can go through a whole list of testing for the, the female or the woman and she's not a problem. Yeah. Her system is completely perfectly normal. So I started them at the same time so that we can equally um, and fairly and effectively test. Mm-hmm. I know I've asked the question before, um, just ask my doctor, like, you know, do you think it's possible that I can have children? Like, even though I wasn't trying to conceive, like I was yeah. on birth control. And yeah. she was like, yeah, you're young. You you have plenty of time. And in my head, I'm just like, girl, I'm almost 30. Like, um, <laughs> is there any test you can run or something? But, um, you know, I, I can understand, like, possibly not knowing you're able to conceive until you get ready to try. Right. Um, You know, another way, I actually, I'm pretty sure if I were to keep a tally of this, on every day I'm in the office, I get this question at least once. Minimum. So you're not the only one. (laughs) And sometimes it could be from like a 22-year-old and, you know, she's young and she's not trying. She's never tried. Yeah. I just want to know that, you know, I'm fertile. Mm -hmm. There's actually a very good way to kind of preliminarily in your mind tell yourself that yes you are versus you're you might have some difficulty and that's really with tracking and knowing your cycles mm-hmm. a cycle will not happen unless you're ovulating right so if you skipped a cycle for a month you did not ovulate and to ovulate means that your ovary is produced a mature ovum or like an egg and released it mm-hmm. and then when you don't get pregnant that's when you get a cycle Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you can track your cycles, and I usually encourage women to keep an app, put it on your calendar, when it starts, when it ends, know what your cycle is like, know your flow, um, so that if you do happen to have issues, you can come in and you can have information ready to go so that we can talk about it and be effective. Right. But your cycles are regular, you're fine. I can almost promise you that at least if nothing else, you're producing eggs and you're okay. Now, the structure can be a problem. But I can't tell you if I'm, I'm all right in that because I've been on birth control a long, long time. Okay. <laughs> but I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, can birth control cause you not to be able to get pregnant? That's a good, not a good question. Because, <laughs> you know, there is just so much um, information and, and, and things in the world that can give a lot of misinformation with that, right? So birth control, the purpose of birth control is to put your system essentially in a state of like almost, I call it going to sleep, right? And you're just sleeping for a very long time until then we come off of it. Mm -hmm. Depending on the type of birth control you're using, what can happen is that your fertility, your, your body may be slow to going back to your natural fertility level okay Mm -hmm. now that is to say that every single female existing during her reproductive years 
will have a decline or a decrease in her fertility every day. That means your fertility is going to be less tomorrow than today. My fertility is going to be less tomorrow than today. Yes. It's, there's no way to prevent that. Mm-hmm. It's not like your fertility is the same in all of your 20s or in all of your 30s. That's not the case. Every day is going down from puberty to menopause. And so if you keep that in mind, what I think a lot of the misconceptions come from is that people tend to not think about the fact that they might have been on birth control for five, six, 10, 15 years. And so when you come off of birth control, you've already gone down a slow decline in your fertility during this entire period of time. And so when you do come off your birth control, your fertility is way less or just less from where you, when you started it. Mm-hmm. Now, birth control options will de- kind of determine what your return to fertility, like how long that's going to take. Okay. So, for instance, if you were to be on the depo, Provera injection, in general, it's one of those birth controls that may lead to what we call amenorrhea. What that means is that your cycles don't come anymore. Okay. And yeah. so some women really like that. They're just like, Hey, I don't get a period. I am so happy. <laughs> Life is good. Right. And so it's a good thing when you're on it. However, when you stop the double Provera, sometimes it could take, I'm going to say by my experience, about one to two years for your fertility to return to where it is. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will say that, okay, it just took away my fertility. Not exactly. It shut down your fertility during that time frame. But once you get off of it and it comes out of your system, your fertility will go back to where it is at that moment. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, that's refreshing to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was listening to another podcast maybe about last week. Um, And it was kind of like a surprise episode. I wasn't expecting it. And they were talking about this lady was being interviewed about, I think she had pre or early menopause or something. And I think it started happening to her in like her late 20s. And she kept going to all these doctors, all these doctors asking them what was wrong with her. And they weren't really giving her any answers. And so she finally found one doctor that, you know, completed all the tests that needed to be done. And she's, I guess, at this time when she finds out, maybe about 30, 33, 34, somewhere around there, and come to find out, you know, she had premenopause. And so it's like maybe if someone had a, told her this earlier, maybe she could have took some measures to be able to have children. But I guess at the point that she found out, she wasn't able to do it anymore. And she couldn't even, I guess now she has to go egg egg donor, the egg donor route, and that can be a very expensive process. Mm-hmm. And so if someone were to come to you, say 27 years old and says, hey, I'm having inconsistent periods, you know, do you think it's something wrong with me? Would you immediately start running all these tests or would you kind of like try and go like you know oh let's try like trial and error type deal right um i do start testing right away Mm -hmm. uh, in general and the reason is because there are a lot of different factors that can play a part with this right Mm -hmm. 
And so my approach to someone who is 18 and they say that I'm skipping cycles versus someone who's 28 versus someone who's 38 versus someone who's 48, it's the same initially, but easily goes off into its own, you know, branch Right. Like right after the very first initial amount of testing that we'll do. So in general, I first check to make sure that everything is working, the hormones in the brain, the hormones in the ovaries, in the uterus, and then to check physically to make sure that there's nothing structurally that's a problem mm-hmm. that's causing irregular cycles or bleeding. And then from there, um, it's really important for me to have like a really good relationship with the patient and for her to do some of the simple things like tracking her cycles and her periods. Because that tells me a lot about how your system works. And then we incorporate other things as some of the factors that we talked about. You do a very extensive history, the smoking, the lifestyle, exercising, foods, um, hormones, medications, medical problems. And so we're incorporating all of these things into our visit to kind of look for risk factors and things that could be affecting Mm -hmm. your fertility or your cycles or um, your, your hormonal balance within your system. Mm-hmm. And so I do start right away. I don't dismiss any problems until we find an answer. Sometimes the answer is we've checked everything and everything is a perfectly operating system. Your system is just different, right? <laughs> or it's what we call idiopathic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's to say that we really don't have an answer, but we've ruled out everything bad. We structurally say that you are completely normal with that. Um, and then you're just having this issue. And then from then we come up with a plan as far as how we're going to manage that and what we're going to do and how to, you know, combat whatever the issue is. Maybe you want to get pregnant at that time. And mm-hmm. so we talk about a plan and what to do for that. Maybe you don't want to get pregnant. You just want your cycles to be regular. Yeah. We talk about that. You know, so there are different approaches depending on what the patient needs. Mm-hmm. But by far, I, I tell women all the time that it's very very important for you to talk to your doctors about these issues Mm -hmm. it is not okay for you to have a problem at home and you may discuss it with google you may discuss it with your girlfriend but you don't discuss it with your doctor it's super important that you do that Mm -hmm. with that you can kind of identify if this is a problem that needs intervention now Mm -hmm. versus something that's normal, but not anything that's going to be damaging. Yeah. Okay. I think that's definitely good advice or, you know, I'm not sure if all doctors take that level of um, action initially, but I would definitely feel secure knowing that my doctor was really trying to figure out the, the root cause of the problem. And I'm definitely one of those people, like, if I have questions, I'm going to ask. And, like, I remember I had a doctor, and she would always be like, you always got all these questions. And I'm just like, I just need to know. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I'd be the self-diagnosed and call the doctor like, I got this. (laughs) I need an appointment now. (laughs) But, you know, I really do appreciate that because it means that you are advocating for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important that you do do some reading on your own. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want you to come in with questions. Yeah. Sometimes I'll tell my patients to go home <laughs> and I want you to come back with a list mm-hmm. of things. You think of those questions. Because sometimes, you know, when you're sitting in the hot seat at that time, 
Yeah. You know, you're not thinking about everything. And then you leave and go home and you're like, wait a second, I forgot to ask about that or to mention this. Mm -hmm. So I want you to go home in your own time and space and keep a notebook, log things, write them down and come back so we can have a good conversation. Because I don't want you to, like what you see on Google is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone's story is a little bit different. So while our bodies might be very similar, if I were to operate on you and operate on someone else, you're probably going to look just about the same on the inside, very close. But we operate very, we are very different individuals. Mm -hmm. We respond differently to things. We have different combination of problems that makes us unique. And so because of that, you want to talk to your medical provider so that they can now figure out with your uniqueness, what is going to be best for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm glad that we kind of talked about some factors that could be an issue for a woman to conceive. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some tips that you would give women over 30 to try to conceive? Yes, um, that 30 number. <laughs> a lot of these questions I'm asking for myself, but yeah. you know, I'm hoping other people can get something out of this. I'm, I'm 100% sure that you're not the only one with these questions. Okay. Um, some of these things are, you know, um, I'm in my upper 30s and I have not conceived yet. And so, you know, even though I am an OBGYN, I still have concerns just like everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just as human and so some of these things I take for myself as well yeah and so the first thing that I would say is that you really want to know your cycle okay Mm -hmm. um it is once you start getting into your 30s it's extremely important for you to log your menstrual cycles it is not okay for you to come into the office and say hey you know um I think my cycle started on you know, February 1st, and um, it, it came in January, you know, at some point, and I think it came in December. I I mean, I literally cannot tell you how many patients will come in, and I'll say, okay, well, when was your last menstrual period? They have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to know your cycles. With that, you should be able to track over a year's time frame to see, well, how many days are there in between the start of my cycles? Mm-hmm. How long do they last? What is my flow like? Am I having problems with blood clots, pain, whatever it is? You want to know your cycle very, 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 very well. With that, we'll be able to determine when that you, you ovulate, right? right? The general rule with this is that you will ovulate 14 days before your cycle. Mm-hmm. Now, for somebody with irregular cycles, it is very, very hard for you to t- determine when that is, mm-hmm. right? Because you right. don't know when cycles are going to come. But for somebody who has a regular cycle, you should over time be able to say, okay, well, in two weeks on this date, I'm going to have, I'm going to ovulate. And with that, we can better kind of guide you as to when to have sexual intercourse, to increase the likelihood of getting pregnant so that you right. know your window, okay? The second thing that I would say is that you want to control all the factors that you can. Okay. And what that means is you can control the things that you eat, your diet, mm-hmm. your lifestyle. And so you want to control those factors now because you don't want to create a problem that will force you to have to make a dietary change or a lifestyle change, right? right. You don't want to become 
for instance, you don't want to have hypertension, blood pressure issues, mm-hmm. and then now you're just going to start to decrease the sodium and the salt intake, right? Because now you're going to be on medications and create a problem. You want to control all of those factors now. So you want to eat well. And by eating well, it doesn't mean dieting. No. <laughs> I am anti-diets. I'm anti-anti-anti-diets. I don't want to hear the diets because most diets are not good for a lifestyle, meaning something that you can practice every day for 10, 20, 15 years and you're not damaging your body in any way. Mm -hmm. So you want to eat healthily. You want to eat healthy meats, lean meats, meats that are not fried, right? Right. Eat healthy carbs quinoa, brown rice, you know, the things that are not refined, refined meaning like processed, like white rice, white bread, you know, you want to reduce those. You want to decrease the amount of sugars that you're eating. Sugars mm-hmm. are killing us. Yes. Sugars are killing us. And we, I think as people are not paying enough attention to the sugars that we're intaking mm-hmm. because it's easy for us to blame something else, right? Yeah when it's the sugars that we're, we're ingesting every single day that's slowly hurting all of our system, our brain, our lungs, our heart, our ovaries, our uterus, our vaginas, everything. Yeah. So um, you want to exercise. It's actually going to make your body in general much healthier and stronger for pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy is a disease. Okay? I pregnancy is a disease. Okay, pregnancy is a disease. Disease, if you broke up the word, is dis, okay, meaning bad or not, and mm-hmm. e. So e is E-A-S-E, is your body working in flux, normal, right? Mm-hmm. And pregnancy causes your body to be in a state of vulnerability. It's not as strong as it normally is when you're not pregnant. Mm-hmm. You'll get all types of aches, pain, ailments, problems, problems with your teeth and gum, your heart. All of these structures in your systems are actually compromised during a pregnancy state. Mm -hmm. And so you want to prepare your body for that. Mm -hmm. The best way you can do that is to be as healthy as you can prior to pregnancy. So control those factors as much as you can. Try to be a little bit healthier, a little bit stronger, so that when you go through this course, it's as best as it can be. Right. The next thing um, that I would say, so we want to make sure that we are... um, lifestyle, making our lifestyle changes. We want to know our cycles. We want to make sure that you have a relationship with an OBGYN. Okay. Okay. Not with a primary care doctor. Primary care doctors, some of them do a lot of women's health, which is wonderful, mm-hmm. but you want to establish a relationship with a person that you can trust to take you through the reproductive process and the, the pregnancy process and take care of everything meaning managing your pregnancy, delivering your baby, dealing mm-hmm. with everything that comes with that. And so the earlier you actually get into an OBGYN's office is the more that you can create that relationship. Mm-hmm. You can do preconception counseling, okay, which is, includes like discussions and testing prior to you trying. Okay. So you can create that perfect, you know, the, the, the perfect table in preparation for pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so, so many times I see where, you know, women will start out with a primary care doctor and they'll continue with them for a period of time until they come to a roadblock. 
And then now they're trying to wait another month or two to do to see an OBGYN when we could have had that establishment way earlier on. Okay. Okay. Um, and then what I would say is that you also, if you do have a partner in place already, you want to have conversations with your partner. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to kind of work and help your system and to increase the likelihood of having a normal fertility and normal pregnancy is to kind of have those conversations before you get to that point. So you want to talk with your partner about their history, their history of STDs, mm-hmm. medical problems, um, what, you know, any issues that they can have that maybe they have not spoken to a doctor about. And a lot of times it's, it's really hard for people to talk about those things. Yeah. And they, especially with males, they sometimes will stay away from the doctor's office, you know, as long as they can. They just do mm-hmm. not want to know, right? Yeah. And so you want to kind of identify those things. Start talking about children. We want to have children together. How many children? When? And you kind of start creating that timeline. And you always want to be ahead of the game. You don't right. want to be behind your timeline. So if your timeline is you want to get pregnant in 2022, the preparation for that is now in 2021. For both of you. Mm -hmm. And so there's also factors that um, a man can change that can affect his fertility. You know, if he's someone who's really fit, is he on steroids in the gym? What is his diet like? Mm -hmm. Um, Is he having regular sexual intercourse? That's really important because they can also have semen that's backed up and old if they're not regularly having sex and removing that and creating new sperm. Yeah. You know, if they've had children before, that's a great thing that you know that their system does work, you know, yeah. to a degree. And so you really kind of want to have that conversation early. And so planning, 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 planning and preparation will get you there. Okay. So now that we have, you have given us some tips, I have one more personal question before I get into the listener questions. Do you recommend women, even if they're not necessarily trying to conceive, to use Uh prenatal vitamins? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Really? If you are in a a reproductive age, um, and reproductive meaning that you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and you could potentially get pregnant, I do recommend that you start with a prenatal vitamin. Mm -hmm. And the, the real, the main difference between a multivitamin and a prenatal is the folic acid or the folate that is included in it. And so essentially it has all the other components of a multivitamin Mm -hmm. plus that. And so, and the reason why that is important is because that folic acid is very important in a developing embryo. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes what happens is that the structure of a person in in an embryo Mm -hmm. is developing in that first like 10 weeks of pregnancy. And so by the time you find out you're pregnant, you're not allowed sometimes five or six weeks into that 10 week period of time. Mm -hmm. And so the organs are developing, the heart, the structures of the organs, the kidneys, the lungs, the limbs, eyes, nose, everything is developing at that point. And if folic acid is missing, oftentimes what can happen is that the development of those organs are not done well. Okay. And so this is where you can have a child with like spina bifida, for instance, mm-hmm. or other structures that are not in place or not completely developed because it was missing the folic acid. 
So before you even try getting pregnant, have that female vitamin on board, work on it, take it every day so that you can, your system will be ready when it happens. So would you take that in addition to a multivitamin or just okay. the... No, 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 no. It's <laughs> <not our. laughs> That's a good question because um, <laughs> we don't want you to, to overdose or have toxic levels of certain vitamins. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, vitamin A is a wonderful vitamin, but if you have an excess amount of it, it can cause you to have toxicity which is bad. So you don't want to overdose it all. So right. it's either one. Um, and if you're reproductive age, I would just go with a prenatal now. Um, unless you are like on birth control and you're a hundred percent on it and you're just like, I have no desire. Or if you had a permanent sterilization and you know, for sure you're not going to get pregnant, then I would say just take a multivitamin, but just either or. Okay. So now we're going to get into some questions that I got from my listeners. And so I know that as of late, a lot of women have been pushing products like uh, Yoni Steams or Yoni products, V-Steams and stuff. Do you think those are safe for women to use? I know the vagina is a naturally, naturally cleansing uh, organ. Yes. (laughs) we like to, we, we want it to be fresh all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so what, what are your thoughts on those? So, you know, when we talk about safety, um, when, I, when, I, when I think of the word safety, I'm thinking of things that are not harmful, mm-hmm. okay? Um, not necessarily right or wrong, right? It's just right. safe or something. And so steams and like pearls and things like that have become extremely popular within the last, I'm going to say even like three to four years. It's it's just hot on the market. It's hot subject and things like that. Now, even though it's become way more popular recently, it is actually not a new concept. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to go back in history, go back in times, We'll see that in, in some cultures, this was a normal part of their, their daily activities and in feminine care. Okay. So there's a lot of history there. Even though there's a lot of history, there isn't a lot of research on it. And there are a lot of reasons why there isn't a lot of research. You know, the government in general are, will not accept like a patent on anything that's natural, right? So things that are found in the world and found in our backyards or found in different, like in, in the earth itself, it cannot put that in a bottle and sell it to you as is, right? And right. so therefore, if you think about this when it comes to money and finances, you know, mm-hmm. the market, right? Um, if they're not going to be able to sell this, they're not going to spend time researching it, mm-hmm. Okay. And so the, a lot of research is needed, but a lot of research won't be done because it's not going to financially benefit the markets, right? right? And so it's not something that we can necessarily do anything about. But the truth of the matter is that we don't have a lot of research on it. So a lot of things just like vitamins mm-hmm. and a lot of different supplements are just word by mouth is what people have experienced and what people have like passed on over time. Mm-hmm. And so 
some of these herbs and things like that is just falls in that line just the same. Now, as far as safety, it's a different conversation, right? Okay. Because essentially steams are a heated, hot, warm yeah. um, temperature of, of steam that's being applied to the vaginal area, okay? Mm -hmm. Anything with heat it can cause you to have multiple problems. So the first thing is um, touch and burn, Yeah, obviously. We are, the vaginal area is a very sensitive area. Mm -hmm. Whenever I talk of the vagina, I often talk about like the inside of your mouth, right? Yeah. How sensitive that is. And essentially it's the same type of, of skin that is there that's in the vagina. And so you have to be very, very, very careful because you know you could do something really hot, your tongue's burnt and your, your cheeks are burnt, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing there. And so you need to protect that area mm -hmm. as much as you can. Okay. So there is a temperature. Um, there is the fact that if you were to increase moisture in the vagina, we know for sure that increases like the likelihood of you having an overgrowth of bacteria, which mm -hmm. leads to infections. Right. So oftentimes we just want the vagina to smell sweet, right? Or to feel fresh. Yeah. And not have a problem. But when you do these things, you can create a problem. Okay. Or you can have a problem where you're getting recurrent yeast infections, recurrent um, vaginal um, bacterial vaginosis, and you're trying to solve the issue by having steams, mm -hmm. and then you realize that every single month you're constantly steaming because you're constantly having the problem, and so you're just like chasing your tail sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like, I want to get rid of the problem, but I'm really just helping with the problem. Or I might have temporary relief, but it really just aggravates or stimulates the situation again. Mm -hmm. And so you just want to be really, 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 really careful with that. Okay. Um, and the last thing that I would say with that is sometimes if you're using like a pearl or you're inserting something in the vagina, you yeah. also have to be very careful because there are bacteria that are all over our bodies. The bacteria that is outside of the, the vulva, mm -hmm. outside of the vagina, should stay outside of the vagina. Right. Bacteria that's in the vagina should stay inside of the vagina. We don't want you to go it to go to the cervix. We don't want to go up to the uterus. We don't want it to get to the rest of our bodies, right? And so whenever you are passing an object from the outside into the vagina and keeping it there for some period of time, you've now moved that bacteria from the outside into the vagina mm -hmm. and you've kept it there for a period of time, which can cause irritation and cause infections. Right. Okay? And so you just want to be careful when it comes to those things. Okay. And then do you recommend women use vaginal cleaners like Summer's Eve or Vagisil or products like that um, and if not, do you recommend any alternatives if you had any alternatives to give? Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this point before by saying that the vagina is really a self-cleaning area. And to be clear with the vagina, sometimes women are not very, the understanding isn't there because we think that everything down there is the vagina. That's not the case. Yeah. Right. The vagina is only the tube that goes from the vulva, like on the outside mm -hmm. where the lips are. 
-hmm. all the way up until the cervix where they meet, right? So if it's two, this is where you have penetration. Mm -hmm. This is where periods pass through. And so in that tube, you do not need to put anything up there, okay? Meaning that you don't want to douche. You don't want to insert. I've heard all types of things. Women will say that they stoop down in the tub and they get their rags or their um, shower heads and they're putting it up their vagina, like inside. (laughs) You know, I... It's some of the fun of my profession because I hear stories that are just very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And so when you say that the vagina is a self-cleaning area, and to say that your vagina is constantly producing um, secretions Mm -hmm. that are cleansing, and that secretion comes out. That's where we see like discharge. Yeah. Right? And so it's constantly clearing and washing itself, balancing its pH. Balancing mm-hmm. the amount of bacteria and yeast and everything that should be there, yeah, so that it stays normal. And so you don't need to go up in your vagina to wash it. Right. Now, the vulva, which is where the clitoris is, the vulva, the lips, um, that area you can definitely wash. Okay. In general, you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Warm water is enough. Yeah. But if you're so inclined and you're just like, well, Dr. Perkins. I just can't even imagine that I'm washing everything else and I'm just going to skip my vagina. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> and in that case, I completely understand, you know, and it, in that case, I really just want you to pick your products carefully. Mm-hmm. And by picking your products, there's a lot that we don't know by we, meaning that the general public um, don't know about how soaps are made. Mm-hmm. Soaps in general are very harsh, even on your regular skin. And your skin is just about the toughest organ in your body. It's an okay. organ. So you want to, everything that you have in connection to your skin that you're touching yourself with, you want to be careful. It's an right. organ. And so even on your regular skin, a soap can be harsh and it can hurt your skin, hurt your follicles. It can cause you to age faster than you should, which is why you want to be careful with everything you wash your face with and your body. Now the vagina needs even more attention than that. Okay. Mm-hmm. The vulva needs way more attention than that. And so any products that you put there, you want to make sure that it is uh, fragrance-free. Mm-hmm. So all of these fragrances are really toxins. And what toxins mean is that they can be carcinogenic, which is a word that says that it can cause cancer. Right. Okay. The vagina is just like the mouth, like I said before. And if you can imagine, sometimes you can take medication in your mouth and not swallow it. It gets absorbed right? Mm -hmm. Your vagina does the same thing. So everything you put next to and up close to your vagina is being absorbed into your system. And some of these things can cause your reproductive or like your fertility to go down. Yeah. It can cause you to have issues with that pregnancy and your child in the future because chemicals were in your system that alter the function of your baby. And now they have a problem later on in life that really just goes back to the chemicals you were using while you were pregnant or before you were pregnant. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that everything you put next to your vagina is pure as possible. So no fragrances. Mm -hmm. You don't want anything that has, um, there are a list of different chemicals, you know, which I could always, you know, like send to you 
yeah. um, you know, for things to you that you absolutely want to avoid mm-hmm. in your products, read your labels, please. Okay? Yeah, you can send that to me. That would be great. Absolutely. And so the longer your label list, like if you're looking at your ingredients list and it's lines and lines and lines and all these words that you can't pronounce, you should not put this in your vagina. <laughs> right. <laughs> period. You should not. And so you want to avoid those things. Um, you also want to make sure that it's very mild. So oftentimes if they say sensitive, um, if it says mild on it, um, if it says uh, hypoallergenic, allergenic, you know, things like that, these are words that are terms to say that they have removed um, like the harshness of okay. certain chemicals from them. And so Good options, Dove, Dove Unscented. This, you know, Dove has really been around for a long time, right? And they have trusted products. And so um, that's one. Another one that I would say is Cetaphil. I have used Cetaphil on my skin in general Mm -hmm. um, for probably since the age of 18. So it's probably almost 20 years. Yeah, I've been using Dove for a long time. Yeah. I use occasionally. Yeah, I use it for my moisturizer and wash for my face, for the moisturizer after I clean my face, mm-hmm. as well as the moisturizer for my skin. And they also have sensitive options for the vaginal area. And they also have products for like babies. So if this, if this is a product that can be used on babies, mm-hmm. then you know that it doesn't have these harsh chemicals in them as well. Right. Well, so sometimes people use like a Johnson and Johnson's baby wash mm-hmm. um, for themselves because it's very gentle. And those yeah. are the things that you kind of want to need. Mm-hmm. Um, another option that I absolutely um, love is Dr. Bronner's. Okay. And so they, now some of their products do come with perfume. So again, I don't want you to go for the, the nice smelling peppermint and, you know, yeah. but they have an un- unscented option that is amazing. Mm-hmm. very gentle on the vulva um and so those would be probably my top three okay um, again you don't need a like a lot of herbs you don't need a lot of special stuff mm-hmm. less is more yeah if you do some more than likely you're going to have issues with the vaginal area mm-hmm. and that also goes into things like the soaps that you use to like your detergents yeah your clothing because again you're washing your underwear in this chemical filled um, solution, you put it next to your vagina, your vagina is absorbing all of that. And then your system and your pH balance can become disrupted. Mm-hmm. And then now you're wondering why you're having irritation or problems down there. Right. Okay. And then what about bubble bath? Do you... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know... Bubble baths or tub baths are very refreshing. Mm-hmm. They're extremely refreshing, um, relaxing, and yeah. especially depending on the time of month, um, it can really bring comfort to your body right? mm-hmm. and help to keep your body at peace and at ease. And so I'm not against tub baths in general. Yeah. Um, certain times that I, I don't recommend it, like during your postpartum period, for instance, after you have a baby, you don't want anything going up on the inside because the area of your vagina is open. Yeah. And so what happens is that whatever water 
or type of water you submerge yourself in is really traveling up on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be just as careful and cognizant of the chemicals that you're using in your tub baths. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure one, your tub is clean. Yeah. Okay. Every single time, because Mm -hmm. that's bacteria that could travel up. Right. Um, And you want to make sure that the, the products that you're using is following the same guidelines. You want to make sure they're unscented, you know, without any fragrance and without any harsh chemicals. So as mild as you can get it. Mm -hmm. So do you um, have any recommendations for like actual bubble bath stuff or just kind of like just water? Just water. (laughs) Just water. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as fun, right? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of taken away from our freedom to uh, really explore and enjoy. And honestly, if you were to do them like once in a while, they're probably not going to hurt your system as much. Mm-hmm. But if this is something that you're doing on a daily basis, then you want to make it as mild as possible. Okay. Yeah, because I had a friend, she was like, I'd be wanting to take bubble baths, but I just be so sensitive. So I was like, okay. I don't ask the question. <laughs> No, it's very true. The vagina is probably the most sensitive um, organ in our bodies, honestly. And so we have to treat it accordingly because if it's not happy, it will let us know that it is not happy. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it definitely will. Yeah. Well, Dr. Perkins, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show. As I mentioned, you are definitely my guest of choice. So I think God brought you here for a reason. And I definitely thank you for uh, coming on and spreading your wisdom and knowledge with myself and my listeners. Um, Do you have like any final words that you would like to give? No, I mean, thank you, you know, for having me. I'm really excited about everything that you are doing for the community and that you have this desire in your heart to help others because that's what it comes down to, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like each one teach one. And so I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I think if there's more people around the world doing those things that we'll be able to um, educate and bring knowledge to people in every sector. And so I'm really excited and I love the series that you have going. So thank you so much for having me for that. Um, in general, I want to say that if you have a vagina, your vagina is your baby. Mm-hmm. It's your first baby. It's your firstborn. Right? And it's your duty to kind of care for her as best as you can. Um, and you want to do that in every way that you can. And not everyone can be, you know, the exercise enthusiast, right? right. And not everyone can be as disciplined in only eating these things all the time. It's difficult. We're human beings. Mm-hmm. But constantly just keep working on you try to be the best version of you try to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday and that's it don't compare yourself to anyone else don't compare your body to anyone else just love you just the way you are yes I think those were great words of wisdom to give I definitely tell my listeners all the time like you know you're not perfect well, we all have flaws, you know, just try to be the best you that you can be. And so again, I thank you for coming on. Can you let people know where they can follow you at on social media? Yes. So you can find me at Paul Lee Doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R, 
period, just a dot, P, and that's on Instagram. Um, and that's the same on all my, my platforms. So that's the same on TikTok, um, Pinterest, things like that. And um, my website is going to be launching soon. Okay. And so, yes, there's a lot more excitement um, and information and knowledge that I'm excited to share with the world. And I will say she is very fun on her social media. She is on TikTok dancing. So <laughs> I would say follow her and just, you know, just so you can stay up to date with what she's doing and, you know, see her doing all the popular dances on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I thank you all for tuning in. As always, you guys can follow me on social media at Peking with Coco and I'm mainly on Instagram. I do have a Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, but I'm not as active. Um, and as always, until next time, bye.